and welcome to the DMs Book Club, a podcast where we talk about all kinds of things. We know them all inside out, especially today's topic uh, about Dungeons and Dragons. And we include it in our role playing campaign. With mm-hmm. me, as always, on a wonderful Thursday night is Hamilton. Hello, Hamilton. How are you? Hello. Hi, Fiona. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very good. good. I, uh, currently, whilst we're recording this, I am in the state still. Mm-hmm. I'm working out how to get home. But that doesn't <laughs> matter. So I've got a lot of time on my hands to do that and to yes. read lots of uh, D&D stuff. Obviously, again, the day we're recording this, Strixhaven, Strixhaven even, has mm. come out. It has. Um, it's so exciting. I can't mm. wait to go to the game, stop, game shop tomorrow to go get my alt cover. But uh, I've been looking through that, so I'm very... Very excited. What about yourself, Hamilton? How have you been? How have I been? I have been good. We had the first of our Dragon's Jewel Season 3 shows on Saturday night, which was amazing. a lot of fun. It was good to be back. I was like, it's kind of funny. Like I've, I've played lots of DD in the in the sort of break that we've had. Like I played Curse of Strahd and all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, I just got really excited before. I was like, geez, you know, what? I'm actually really looking forward to just playing some stupid game show games do you know what i mean like not playing yes. dd not getting curse of to pieces <laughs> just like playing stupid shit and that's what we did and it was um it was good fun and uh yeah we had uh, it was like we're making characters for an actual play that's going to go alongside it so the mm-hmm. first two characters mm-hmm. um they had some re- we they were because there's um two sh- actual plays we're gonna do there's two people on each team making one mm-hmm. character that they're going to share, but like be split personality, right? So mm-hmm. we did this, like, didn't tell them until like the end that, oh, they're going to roll two classes so that they can. So once they've got their, so obviously they get their scores and all the stats through the game show, which they did mm-hmm. very well. Um, and then and then it got to the end. So like you roll one class and they were like, oh, I'm really upset about this. And I was like, well, now you have to roll your second class for the other half of your personality. And one person like got a bard and they were like, had a 20 in christmas they're like that's good and then they they when they came to roll the second time they got barred again and so someone in the chat like said i'm spending money because you can spend bits like cheers to mm-hmm. ch- re-roll so he said re-roll it barred again it was like freaking heck <gasps> this just could not Whoa. it was like meant to be it was like it the universe the, was saying the stars and the dice aligned and the name that's of amazing their character is called hamiltown hummeltown i can see what they did there <laughs> can you see what they did there? I can see uh, what they did there. Just about, just yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but they're a bard, a halfling bard, who's pretty, 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 uh, pretty strong, pretty, mm-hmm. pretty charismatic, charismatic, which makes mm-hmm. so much sense. Look at these. I mean, guns. <laughs> hey, hey, art, is it art imitates life or life? Yes, imitates exactly. Art, you that's know, that's. <laughs> I feel like I need to go work out just to to <laughs> work out your musical. Oh well, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, go on. Oh, did you not hear that? Here we go. Oh, right. I thought you. I thought you could bring it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> can you hear that? Is that? Yes, I can hear that. Oh my god. Even hiding this from our. <sighs> okay, I won't do too much. That's all I can do. Oh well, that that's another stream entirely now. What have, are you hitting that from me? God. Well, you didn't know that. I, I could play guitar. No. This room is literally one, two, three, four guitars, and then the drum kit. I know. I only, I only ever see the drum kit. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, well, well, Hamilton. You go, sorry, I, you can I cut am... all that out. <laughs> no, no, we're not cutting all that out. I, I am now reading in shock from that uh, realization. But today, yeah. Hamilton, what is our topic of choice? What are we talking about today? What are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about none other 
than the yes. amazing second edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons campaign Ooh. setting called Spelljammer. Yeah. Yes. 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 A little bit of context behind this. We've had some comments on a previous episode which said we didn't do enough research into a topic of the GIF. And we we're like, you know what? You are right. So now we're going to go back and look at the original sort of yep. well, Spelljammer setting that just sort of set it all off. Because mm. as we've sort of spoken about in a previous episode, there, there is very likely it's going to be re-released next year for the Sounds like edition. it. So we thought, you know what? We don't know anything about it. Why don't we go back and check? Mm. And I guess our first impressions is it's pretty good. It's pretty <laughs> darn good. It's pretty awesome source. I, I can't think of a better term for it than it's yeah. so much fun. And yeah. as a massive Planescape fan, it's not quite pushed no. it off the, the ledge because it just no. can't quite. Because I think that's always going to be my favourite. But yes. it's pretty much neck and neck at the moment. It's a lot of mm. fun. Yeah. 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 So obviously this was originally designed by Jeff Grubb. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, it was just basically this idea when they were sort of pitching things back in the 1980s to uh, TS, uh, TSR, mm. like, the pitch was, what about D&D, &D, but in space? Yeah. And I think that's the key thing, because I got this wrong as well, because to me, I was like, oh, it's just another science fiction uh, sort of setting, whatever. Mm. It's not, per se. It is about taking the, sort of the, the world as is, acknowledging that magic exists, and then putting it, how do we get into the other, these other worlds? How yeah. do we do it in space? And what I loved in some of the sort of the foreword of one of these books, it says, like, what, how do we explain how things happen? It's like, it's magic. And it yeah. knows it's magic. And I yeah. thought, what a great sentence. It's it like... is such a great sentence. That whole Jeff Grubb's initial intro to the book is yeah. one of the best pieces of writing I've read. Yes. And I loved it. Just the whole, like, uh, the product you're holding in your hand is a result of a brainstorming session held at a local Lake Geneva restaurant. And you just can imagine it, can't you? Just yeah. all these people going like, hey, we want... And they said, like, Cloister to come up with some new ideas and alternatives for dungeon, advanced Dungeons & Dragons, it was called in those days. And I'm just like, how much would you pay to be there and be a part yeah. of that? But, like, mm -hmm. at that time, what what an awesome uh, experience that must have been. And, yeah, yeah and the whole the whole that whole intro is, is beautiful, really. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's interesting because obviously now, because it's such a big company, obviously Wizards of the Coast, and they have all these teams, all these writers on it. So the voice itself maybe becomes a bit more unified per se. But here, like reading that forward and reading the rest of the, the two books as well, which will go on to sort of the differences between them for mm. this box set, the voice is there and it's incredibly engaging. As if somebody is actually talking to you, I can imagine this being read out as an audiobook. And yeah. just almost like... And maybe it's just me on this, but it's sometimes when I was reading it, it felt very much like Douglas Adams, just the way it explains things in yeah. the sense of like, as, oh, this happens because of this. And you're like, oh, that's quite funny what you've just said. Yeah. Just the way, like, for example, it talks about like gravity planes and it's, it was talking about like a, a good sort of aim. You could throw like an object on one side of the plane and it would come back and hit somebody else in yes, the head. I like that. So over the barge and then it go, <gasps> bonk. <laughs> exactly. So, and, yeah. but that's the thing, like you, I don't think you get that with a lot of fifth edition stuff. Obviously, we've got stuff like Fizz Bands, and we've mm. got Tasha's, and uh, and uh, the, sort of Van Richten, and they have little, like, interludes, per se. That's but this, it, yeah. Just, yeah, it's just, it's... it's just something different. And I, I actually didn't realise 
like books used to be like this in a way maybe maybe that was again my uh ignorance showing through there but i was just like wow it's actually really is an engaging read because well, i sometimes find the spell at the on the planescape one as well when we did you did the small yes. bit on that and and i said and that we get if, when we definitely have to do a big special on planescape because i don't need to read anything for that one so that's really easy <laughs> for me but the point is like the and I, I have a theory. I'm gonna I'm gonna put a theory down Go there. So d one of them is I think like they are like really high concept. So you really kind of can go for it. And I think that's what they were doing at the time. They're trying to push the boundaries of the game. So therefore, bringing that that speech to it. But also, reading uh, the Lost Ships one, which is the one that Ed Greenwood did. And I know that it wasn't Ed Greenwood who designed the whole thing, which is like awkward Twitter interaction. But hi, Ed, if you're watching, because thank watching. you Hello. for talking to me. But um, yeah, in the Lost Ships one, he does an intro as Elminster. And there was a lot more of that in that day, I think. And it was just, mm. and I think my, my theory is, is less of a graphical design uh, mm. lean, you know. So, you know, Planescape actually is a lot more graphical than this. And I was trying to figure out if that... I didn't actually get to the bottom of it and someone out there might be able to answer this for me but i think planescape is the first campaign setting to be full color as a book Ooh, which i think is kind of important because it's the early 90s and i think and, and it might have been adventures but mm. these are all black and white drawings yep. black and white text and therefore you need to bring that flavor and you need to bring those because the, the art's good it's not but it's just not what we're we're just we are blessed with art these days. You know, we're everything, yes. even DMs Guild books have more art than Spelljammer main campaign mm -hmm. setting does. Yeah. And that's perfectly, it, you know, and that's because you're of right. Printing. Like we, we've talked yeah. about it before, that idea of the the, uh, the the page textures and stuff like that, that every mm. page has been built up mm. and the text on top of it, having that sort of invoking feelings. Obviously, we had that with uh, Wild Beyond the Witchlight. We've had that with mm. Fizzbands. We've had them with all of them. And yeah, with this one, you get the, the obviously, uh, I know we, we're not going to skip out on those ships, folks. Mm. Do not worry. Because oh, no, again, no, no. Those, those illustrations by Jim Holloway yeah. are amazing. And they, those are in colour. But yeah, the actual book itself is just as if as if printed from yeah. uh, you know a black and white thing so absolutely completely agree with you there and that's and that's understandable cuz you know it was the late 80s and they didn't have yeah. the same printing technology you know no. that's the days when you used to do which I've done some of this xeroxing and I'm saying mm. xeroxing in to make images in depth and stuff like that so like that's what you had to do in those days whilst we now could just digitally art it for everything. And even in the 90s, yep. you had computer graphics and you had much better layout, Quark and Express and all that stuff to make uh, programs. So uh, to make programs, to make documents. And so I think that's why mm -hmm. there's a need for that law. And I think that kind of puts the pressure on people to feel like I really need to get this across. I really need to push the yeah. experience and the emotional quality that I'm trying, you know, the mm -hmm. sort of atmosphere I'm trying to get across. And I think that's why... You know the planescape one's great so it's got its whole its own cant you know its own way of speaking mm. but this one just it just the, there's a lyrical quality as you said in mm. some of the words that he uses and i think jeff if jeff grubb is the one who actually wrote most of the text i assume i believe the, so yes their 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 penmanship is is really well put is really good mm. and it, uh, there's lovely um as you said the, the, there's humor but there's also this this you had that quote about the spheres i can't remember what you said that quote was oh yes um they, they talked about uh, essentially uh, all of our planets and solar systems are, are encapsulated with these crystal spheres yeah. and they are sort of float in the phlogiston which we'll talk about like quarks on an ocean ginormous yeah. quarks but quarks yeah. all the same and i'm just like yeah. Again, you get that image instantly. Exactly, like you, you've, you've seen corks bobbing in water. Yeah. So this idea that these huge, great big spheres of crystal uh, are bobbing in this huge sort of ocean of phlogiston. Yeah. You know, it's just... It again, is, and that's beautiful. it. And I think, exactly. And there was even... 
we'll get on to some of the other ones, the sphere worlds, but like there's a lot of imagery in like the they do the they do the uh, sphere that's very much like Discworld with it's a it's a world yes. on top of a turtle on top of a, an elephant and it's all the way down and they've got the they say a god holding the earth and you just imaginely yes. see Atlas you know you've got yep. that and it's just carrying it through space yeah yeah and you just it's beautiful it's just so well put together. Yeah. It is. And and yet, yeah, before we go on to it, I'll just quickly explain something because I got caught out by this because I'm an idiot. Oh, yeah. So uh, in this, uh, the Adventures in Space box set, there are picture. two books. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Uh, there, are, there are two There are two books. Uh, yes. The Concordance of Arcane Space and the Law Book of the Void. Mm. Now, the PDF that I got swapped those two around. So I did not Same. understand the first book <laughs> until the Law Book. And it, it does say in the Concordance of Arcane Space, Read this first. Yes. And I suggest you do. Yes. Because I, I was talking to Hamilton, I was like, I don't really get it. Blah, blah, blah. And then I turn over to the next page, I was like, now it makes a lot more yeah, sense. Yeah, page 109 of the document they give you as a single PDF. It goes, read this first. You're like, that's useful. <laughs> yeah, but you can tell, but most, obviously, I know most quick start and most box sets now do say, like, if you're reading, you know, read this first. They usually say yeah. at the top or they go, stop, make sure you read this first. So yeah. I think that was the only thing. I was just like, yeah. again, I know, obviously, if it was separate books and all that sort of thing, then mm. I would have been fine. But it's because, it's, again, I read everything in PDFs now because I don't have money to spend on physical copies uh, per se. But yeah. so those are the two books. So the Concordance of Arcane Space explains the general rules for conducting uh, second edition D&D uh, mm. games in space mm. and then the law book explains a bit more about the races the monsters you may encounter yeah. and just all the other things there so it sort of builds upon mm. this sort of transition between um, these D, you know D&D as it in these worlds mm. to space and I think this is the key thing as well because you sort of mentioned it as well and I think this idea that they they talk about previous settings so they talk about Kryn they talk about Greyhawk and stuff and like how that fits and the most important thing they say is that these worlds and Spelljammer coexist. One does not overwhelm the other. Yeah. So I think, and that, that to me is very important because I've always ever thought, oh, Spelljammer, you're just always in space. Yes. You, know, you maybe visit a planet or two, but whatever. But actually, the, the people on the ground, they know that there are huge yes. ships in the side. It's not, it's yes. not like a, what is that? Sort of what thing. is? Like, <laughs> but, but then there'll be, like, there'll be a crash and stuff, but they just like, it doesn't concern them because they, they, they translate it into like if there's a big like, battle going on in the sky it's just like armies fighting down here and stuff and I like the idea that you don't have to go through that whole thing going oh aliens it's just like oh yeah we know uh, yeah. and it's just a part like, and I think it talks about it with like Elminster as well saying like oh we're very aware of it yeah. and, and it just makes it so seamless that you don't have to have that really awkward you know, you know, we've all been there with that. You have a board games night and you spend the first hour reading the bloody board game rules to other people and get everyone on board. And none of that here. So I yeah. think that's just the, the key thing to just say is that Spelljammer coexists. And what I love about it, it, it gives the DM lots of tools to be like, here's how it works. And if, you, if you're worried about something, mm. up to your discretion to be like, actually, it doesn't work like that. And that's OK, which yeah. I think is so important now. And then just quickly just to say, as well in this box, like, you get four maps. You get mm. a giant picture of the Spelljammer, yes. which I'm sure we'll come on to later, because I, again, didn't know this existed either. Again, naive person here. Um, an example of uh, of a basically a flying city uh, called the Rock of Brawl, mm. and loads of little cards so that you can play like an actual sort of like little mini game. game. Yeah. Oh, which, so cool. can I just make a little interlude here? Please do. Back yeah. to our Future of D&D panel mm. special. They yeah. said there will be more ways to play. 
Oh, are you thinking? A I'm thinking a miniatures game. I'm thinking <gasps> they're talking Spelljammer, and I'm thinking. Okay, now if I wanted to go full on, hello, I'm gonna get my tin hat on. They're gonna make a deal with Games Workshop, and they're gonna make a whole proper game, and they're gonna get a box set. But I think they could go very box. I think they could go if they so mm. wished. Get on the Games Workshop sort of bandwagon because I think yeah. it people are getting doing really well, doing yeah. really well with that. It's now. Get a big box, get a big box with some miniatures in there, proper spell ship miniatures, because we could just 3D print the crap out of these things now, because mm. I want to do that, and have a proper board game, uh, you know, like when we can get back to playing together. Yeah. Or a spell jammer online, yeah. online game, even as well. I, I'm just thinking, yeah. like, that just came to mind, that sort of new ways to play. Well, that just sort of shouted at me you when know, I was seeing the miniatures. Sort of thing. That's, that's actually such a good idea because obviously we have stuff like uh, is it Star Wars X-Wing and stuff like that, where they have all the yeah. like very miniature stuff and you have the exact angle where things have yeah. to move and so really good game yeah, actually I've not played I've, I've watched I've people play it I've, I've never played it yeah. <laughs> so it's a bit too technical for my for my blood yeah. but I, I do like I, that's how I see it right because yeah. obviously it, it talks about like you know these rules for like how do you fight in space and all that mm. sort of thing and yeah and you have the hex maps and stuff like that so yeah that yeah. could be yeah I who knows? Maybe because obviously we've got like D and D board games already, so maybe a War Miniatures game. I think, could be it, in the I, think I love it, that idea. Yeah, I seriously could see that. Yeah, because they do. I mean, they did do like yeah, they've done a lot of the board games of some of the the key adventures, haven't they? And I think, mm -hmm. um, but I just could. Yeah, if you, I think that is a seems a, just seemed a bit obvious to to me. But I mean, in, who knows? Who yeah. knows what they'll do? I, Video who, game. Who knows? Well. Yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe. But uh, yeah, I. I would love to see that actually, and I, there'll be money in that for sure, mm. for sure. So, so then, I guess, go. No, I was saying so. So, so, so. we're both like so. <laughs> Great. Um. So let's go on to like let's go on to the first book. Uh, yes. <laughs> the Concordance of Arcane Space. Now there are, I think there's five chapters in it. Uh, yeah. Five chapters and three appendage, appendages. Appendages. Appendix. Three appendages. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Um, so yeah, so it talks about the main rules and stuff. Yeah. Um, and again, in the foreword, it talks about this laws of magic and not physics. And you treat the worlds of the worlds that have been described previously with magic, races, and gates as real, and you build out from there. Mm. And I think that's such a a key thing. So looking at the first chapter again, we're just going to do a huge, broad mm. overview, so to speak, in this if anything that sort of goes out. So it talks about what. The setting is like how do you set up from this and this idea that there is wild space the gistum and these crystal sh uh the crystal shells or the spheres or orbs yeah crystal spheres i think is the yeah it's the main one it's the term. and so this uh, yeah and so we, it's it, it change again changes because why not um okay. but this idea that obviously wild space is all that it's bits between little planets and stuff like that you know when you fly out into the out of the atmosphere that's the stuff you are in and then you might hit the edges of the if you think about our solar system mm. you get you know i still think pluto is a planet i'm sure it got reclassified at some point um when you sort of hit that outer edge uh you might hit what what is called the crystal shell this idea mm. of a dark ceramic like endless sort of tile which could be any shape per se but mm. obviously when you get to it because it's so immense it's just flat and usually dark and i think at some point talked about like painted stars mm. or stars being painted on the outside which again is like very Truman show in my head it's yeah like, that's oh. exactly what came to my mind I was like where is that is that was the, yeah I totally agree yeah it's very cool like good afternoon good evening and good night um and then on the outside yeah, there's this thing called phlogistum 
which is like this multicolored sort of like flow essentially which yeah. is in between these crystal shells and to get from one planetary system to another you have to bypass this sort of crystal shell navigate the flow yeah. and get into another one and, yeah. and that's essentially it as sort of mm. thing but what I loved about the phlogiston, again, it has this, it's multicolored, it's fluorescent, it's mm. bright, you don't need candles, but also there's just a little bit where it just says, dangerously flammable. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so that, but I, I love those words because then instantly it changes a lot because I don't know about you, Hamilton, fire gets used a lot in D&D. &D. It does, <laughs> like, it does. Like, like smoke powder, like lighting yeah. stuff and everything like that. So and what's cool about it, because instantly it sort of says, oh, all right, you are going to travel to um, another another plane or through, through a crystal shell, mm -hmm. and then this stuff, how do you navigate that? So they have stuff like, oh, you have maybe natural lighting from fungus or something like that mm -hmm. in the ships itself. There are spells, mm -hmm. I think, like chill fire and stuff like that, which yeah. only works in the phlogiston. So I yes. like that, that only you have certain spells, uh, wi uh, wizards and priest spells and cleric spells. Um, oh, here's a question for you, Hamilton. And again, maybe yeah. it's just me. Priests are clerics, right? In the old... Is, is, is that the thing, or is it a separate class? Oh, you don't know. I oh, don't I... know. Oh, dear. Should I find out now, quickly? You could do that. I mean, yeah, go for it. Because I think, because at times, it does refer to clerics and then priests. I assume it's, it's the same class. Because um, uh, mm. basically, as we'll go into it, sort of talking about, like, uh, how, does, how does one move a ship uh, once it's in space and it's through the spell-jamming helm? which we'll go on to. But I get, again, and only certain races who have spellcasting abilities have it, and I think a priest can do it. So okay, in my a head... priest is a, is a non... is a someone who worships a god. So uh, all clerics are priests, but all priests are clerics. Everyone, anyone who can worship a god and teach about them, but only the most devout followers who go out to actually make a difference get clerical powers. That's from Crazy Cool Kelt on the internet. But I think that's Thank the crazy point. Crazy Cool Kelt. Thank you. But it's just, yeah. So a cleric is someone who's got... Uh, is a, a priest is an NPC stat block, and uh, a cleric is a, a player character. Well, there you go. So again, more you know, more thank you know. You I, 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 thank you. <laughs> um, and other things that it sort of talks about in this mm. this, uh, this chapter, it talks about what do you do about air. So rules rules about air, gravity, yes. what what uh, time and temperature, which I quite yes. liked as well. This idea that the time, the, like how do you work out time? It's like well, it's just relative to you. Because yes. obviously, you know, that's how you keep if you know what you're keeping then mm. you could be like it's been 10 months but actually it's been two weeks on this planet and all that sort of thing mm. so it's again it I, and i quite like that again it gives mm. that control to the dm because obviously people are going to have these questions because yes we all we all have this question like how do you breathe in space and yeah. it's like well you you take some of your air with you for a little bit of time <laughs> so you'll yes. be okay but you can't live forever out there no exactly i do know it's 1d20 rounds per for a human if you're on your own in space, you've got 1d20 rounds, and a round, as I said to you off camera, a round in old D&D is one minute. A turn is ten minutes. Not like in D&D &D where a turn is six seconds and a round is however long. However go, many however people long are in it. People in a round. So it's just, yeah. it's just those are technical terms from D&D, AD&D. Yeah, turn. Yeah, absolutely. And they've got again like this idea of the gravity plate, and I, I, what I quite like about it is it, it's just very much, very matter-of-factly like here is what an issue might be because we're now in space, um, and it talks about it, and then it will give an example or a humorous example. So like I've already mentioned, the gravity planes one, this idea that uh, most ships have two planes of gravity, one going up 
and one going down and that you the fact you could walk on the underside of a ship to repair it and stuff like that and then there's this beautiful sort of like in between plane where if you threw something it would bob up and down like as if it's in the water per se and it could do that indefinitely which i love as yeah. a result but then and then talks about uh weightlessness um, in terms of combat and all that sort of thing so it is a very good and interesting chapter i think at times i because i'm i struggle with like lots of rules and like you said like 1d 20 like uh, turns and I, I, it just sort of went over my head a little bit yeah. on that but the way it was written i didn't feel i didn't feel too bad about it because i thought okay so it's this this is a how I, you know, how you could deal with it, and I, yeah. I felt empowered to be like, actually, I could just make my own rule upon that. And yeah. it, well, it was, it more, it, here's an example how to do it rather than. Well, that's it, and that's it like with all D and D. That's what you can do, isn't it? They give you a basic baseline for it, and you could just say, well, as a person, you can survive. A minute in combat these days is in a combat setting is a long time. Like that is six yeah. turns in five e. So you know you're probably going to get to someone in that time if you needed yeah. to get to someone. But you could also make it that. You can make up the rule if you want. If you feel like your campaign mm -hmm. deserves people being able to get from one ship to another ship and like mm -hmm. boarding them or something, and you want that sort of combat in space, then you could say, yeah, yeah you can take an hour or something like that. Or you can make yeah. spells up that give you that, I guess, as well. Like they do have spells that do that as well, I think. Don't yeah. They? There was purify yeah. air spells yep. that um, allow you to read because it's not the air runs out; it's the air. Well, in in modern day term, it's the oxygen depletes but in this game there's no such i don't think it's really that it's just the air comes stale and then it becomes yes. toxic yeah uh, exactly just the different types of yeah and yeah. again which is it's again it's again whilst you said like oxygen oxygen depleting sounds very scientific whereas mm. the freeze types of air of like fresh stale uh deadly toxic yeah like that makes sense in a fantasy because why would they say oxygen you yes, know they just exactly. air so so i think again very cleverly written that it is fantasy just happens to well, be also the space. fact that they use phlogiston, which is an old scientific term for basically what oxygen is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like absolutely. Yeah, oh, car hydrocarbons. They, yeah, is that yeah the oxygen because the phlogist phlogiston is something like wood has high phlogiston until you burn it, then it has low phlogiston, uh, which is mm -hmm. the thing. But so would make mm -hmm. it would, that's why it kind of it kind of meets that sort of old that sort of classical thinking of science makes sense for it to be that sort of way, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool. And yeah, just be, just before we go on. Um yeah. so you have a ship and I, like I said we're going to come to all the different oh. kinds of ships. How does how does one move through the phlogiston? How how does how did we get anywhere? We just, oh, yeah. we just into space? I don't know. So Hamilton, <laughs> tell me how we get to places. How we get to places? Well, <laughs> this this is a big question you've asked me like tell me the fundamentals of spelljammer basically yes. there are ships now these ships are can look very much like a normal ship but these ships have a particular way of moving which is using basically magical energy but this mm -hmm. is funneled through a thing called a spelljammer helm or a spelljammer because yeah. you can spelljam your spelljammer while spelljamming basically because it's a noun yeah. an adjective and a verb basically so uh, now this, and this is my first point yeah. let's have different words for this. yes <laughs> i'm on the spell jammer using the spell jammer while some spell jamming in spell jammer it's like yeah. it's just that is, a, that is a sentence you can say but the point is you put on this helm you have to be uh, a wizard i think generally you have to be a wizard i think a sorcerer yeah, it, can use it, it. It's, it's anyone that's got full spell ca spell casting capacity yes so like uh paladins sort of can do that once they get yes. spell casting and stuff like That's that yeah. um from that yeah and you basically input spell slots 
and your spells and then you have the helms have a, a particular helm rating so there's each ship has different uh, based on its size based on a, on the helm itself so you can have a basic helm and you can have a major helm and a, a major and a minor helm uh, most mm -hmm. of them have a major helm and a backup minor helm and the, they do if they have a basically convert magical energy into a speed yeah. which is based on the power of the artifact and the size of this of this of the ship basically mm -hmm. and then the amount and then that is converted basically by the amount of the height the level of spell you put into yep. it basically um and your ability as a as a your sort of spell um we don't want to get too deep into the fact that, that you know this is 2e so there's things like thaco and there's things like other things yeah. that just you know it's a quite a different beast but that yeah. is the general ruling and um so you put expend a spell slot that then convert you use a table that converts that into movement movement mm -hmm. also comes with there's also things like a, there's basically a dexterity to a ship as well there's a speed and there's also its ability to turn and move and that's based mm -hmm. on size and rating so some of them are hefty ships can you know small light ships like a flitter which we'll talk about earlier can yeah. basically in a move without using a move action can use in a in a single move action can turn and then move whilst yeah. like a larger ship can basically turn using one action then move using one action then turn yeah. and some of them it's like two and then a turn and then three yeah. and, and it's like takes quite a lot of or every mm. quarter takes an extra move action so it's kind of it's very well put together and actually um george fan does a very good little playthrough of it which is quite nice oh, to look at if you want to see someone just doing very simple steps of someone playing the game yeah and how that means the big ship does this and the little ship gets wee 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 like that like the little yeah, piggy who went wee 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 <laughs> Or, or an X-Wing was what I was thinking. Yes, but yeah, sure. exactly. yes. I have a but toddler. Yeah, I, this is where my brain goes. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. That yeah. is fair. And yes. I, I think for me, yeah, so you could, and, and I like the fact that you sort of sort of indicated, like, again, for our viewers, but for our listeners at home, yeah, you sort of say, oh, yeah, they put the helm on, like, on their head. And that's only one type of helm. Mm. It's a sort of like a, a crown of stars, I think that's called. But there's also mm. ones which are just, you just sit uh, in a chair, yes. essentially, or sit in a throne. So, again, very much like Star Trek, you know, the captain's chair and all that sort of thing. Um, I was thinking, I don't know if Engage. you've ever read uh, Engage yet. Um, I don't know if you've ever read um, C.S. Lewis's like uh, Lion, Witch in the Wardrobe, but it's like the silver chair, which is that, again, that's if someone is not trapped there, but they're, mm. when they're sat there, all their magical energy is being used for the ship. And there was a great yeah. little thing I saw, which is like, even you know, once you're paired with the ship, you can't do any other spell casting. You can do other things. So that, but it gets to a point where if you move away or you go and do something and then you try and cast something magical, the ship, no matter what the range is, will siphon off the magic. Yeah. And I like that. And it said, like, has it, is there any explanation for this? And it, the book just goes, no. <laughs> no, it's magic. <laughs> it just happens. And, yeah. and I quite like that. It's, again, this idea of spell jamming, this idea of magic, it's alive. And it mm. talks about, you know, mages and priests acting as living engines powering these machines mm. and i just thought what a great image that is that you are you know powering it you can still talk you can still do stuff but you are you, you are extended your magic is extended to this like uh it feels like almost like pacific rim in a way you know when mm. you're moving these big robots per se it feels very similar to that which i which i absolutely loved as a result of like vr headsets from the 80s and i yeah. made a i made when i did an unreleased christmas special last year for dragon's duel <gasps> we did one i had a spell jammer which was in a um a, what they called uh, an airstream caravan and this kid found it i did it very much like back to future goes in there and they've got this like guitar and they have it plugged into this like vr headset and when they play the guitar it like it's there a bar it's like a bard's it's a bard spell jammer so you go in and you like rock out an electric guitar go, 
and, and then I did it that based on the chord note related to the plane that you went to because it was a bit like a plane or spell jam but that's just really very nice. cool because they very have like cool. you know you have the chordal tonal ranges for all the planes yeah yeah that was why. anyway but i'm a nerd <laughs> so i'm gonna do these things <laughs> i yeah. love that i love that that is awesome uh moving on yeah. then let's let's just shall we just go talk about ships yes, i think I everyone's just, here about ships yes let's everyone's here for ships. ships let's go to ships what ships do you want to go to Let's look at some well, ships. I, I, so again, in both uh, both books, it does talk about all these different ships. And uh, again, and unfortunately, he passed away last year. I discovered, uh, but Jim Holloway is the one who's who's designed most of these ships mm. in these books. Obviously, there are other books and other ships designs out there. And I think off the top of my head, and we talked about this before on the yeah. the, the Discord, this idea that there is like a Jules Verne slash a Jerry Anderson feel. Like, you know, if you think of like, if anyone ever watched Stingray, like I did as a kid, yeah. this idea, just, just the way they're sort of shaped, because they're yeah. not, they don't look like, as you know, again, because I was thinking, like, oh, sci-fi, mm. uh, you know, like uh, these are not, they're not um, blocks yeah. or cubes or anything like that, or designed necessarily for... Um, streamlining mm. they are sometimes they are just ships on the ocean or they're just yeah. designed almost like like fish i yeah. always think as well like, lot, i love like... the fish element they brought into it it's such yeah. a like great like i don't know it is that as you said that 60s stingray uh captain scarlet all those sort of like amazing but stingray particularly as you said because it's the underwater one the sort of mm-hmm. um that sort of mix of a. I'm looking at the hammer ship right now. So I've got the hammer ship. Up, oh. You know, and like, that's clearly got a ship's hull, but then this sort of like gills and then the hammer eyes, which are like really cool little, like, you could imagine people being down and looking at the gun, like the gunner ship bits. And you can, yeah, cinematically, you can see the camera going in and going yeah. through the eye and yeah. seeing somebody there looking out. Absolutely. I mean, there should have, so, I mean, I don't know why. If they make, if the new Dungeons Dragons movie happens and does really well, then there has to at least be a Spelljammer movie series because I think that would be great that would be pretty awesome and what's great with all these um all, all these ships as well all these designs mm. obviously got the design of them but there's also a floor plan of them as well yeah uh, yes so which is useful you, for generally any time <laughs> yeah but again if you were again obviously you've got you've got obviously this image and then you with the little uh paper cutouts obviously you can do the big map of like oh we're getting closer and then it's like right we're gonna board the ship like great mm. Here is uh, what it looks like from the inside. Here are the different rooms and stuff. So yeah. you already pre-planned with that. And yeah, there are so many ships in this book. And I know there are so many other ones that aren't included in this book with the later box sets. But um, I think for me, because you've already mentioned them, I, I really liked the elven ships. So we've got yeah. the Flitter, we've got the Man of War and the Armana, or Armada, sorry. And they are very... Again, that idea of a living ship. So they're made out of like a, I can't remember what it's described as, but like basically when if it's left in space and it's no longer living, it's dying. It sort of curls up like a spider with all the vines and stuff curling up. Mm. So again, you can imagine like you know a, a dead fly or a dead butterfly or anything like mm. that. And this idea, they said the flitter is the smallest of the of the ships, and it just flits around and stuff. It can only be like one person, so it's like a messenger ship almost. And then you have like a, a big man of war, man which of is where war, uh, you know, showed, yeah. Oh, it's so good. And then the Armana is like this huge, almost like butterfly type one as well, where you get yeah. all the Man of Wars. Uh, it's like landing on its on its shoulders and stuff like that. And the, the whole stuff about like the elves, uh, the lore of that as well, and the reason why they are it's and all these councils and stuff. It's so mm. like, just really interesting. And again, just beautiful. But again, I didn't expect that to be a, a ship. 
You know what I mean? I just like, what is mm. that? Is that just like a like an entity? Is that like a monster in itself? You know, this 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 flitter, this this man of war, etc. And they're like, no, these people. There are people moving this yes. ship like as one big living uh, creature, as it were. They, they are great, and like the uh, the ones that I thought were really fun as well, like the Neogi we will talk about, I'm sure more. But like, mm. they're very Arachnid style ones. I've got the Mind Spider there, and they've got these little like sails of um of uh like, like of, almost cobwebs, of cobwebs yeah. on particularly what's the the other one the the main yogi one oh, i'm just trying to find it now so there's yeah so we've got the the death spider and like the mind, yes. is it mind spider yeah i try and uh, death yeah yeah because this is the other thing as well and again back to my very little tiny thing these ships in this book uh, the the first book, the arcane 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 space. Sorry, mm. they're not alphabeticalized and they're not really yes. done by theme. No, and that's really Which annoying. Which makes it bloody hard when I'm trying to show people stuff. <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. Because exactly. like, you had the flitter one at the beginning. Maybe it's done by I don't know, mm. like uh, sh uh, how biggest biggest ship it is or anything. Yeah. Like, but the flitter's at the beginning, and then the armada's like really far away, and you're like, oh no, but you put either put the elves together or you yes. or put this at the other like yeah. So yeah, organization I, I, skills I have got much better <laughs> in D and D. Yes. Classic. We talked about that on the. I mean, we talked about the organization on Ghost Walk as well. Like that mm. was quite a difficult thing to navigate in terms of like there was all this lore at the beginning that didn't make sense until you got to chapter three, and it's like, and the way it was organized was just not on the level that yeah. we are used to, which is yeah, sort of good. No, and I, and I think that's 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 again that's just with time, isn't it? Like over mm. the years, we're like we want to make it accessible to people that anyone could pick up a book and go oh mm. i want to play that rather than like you know two chapters in you're like oh i get it now you know because I, yeah. I think because again I, it's more us than D D or the writers or anything like that it's because our attention spans are so small mm. and we need to be like hooked like that you know as soon as you see like like as soon as you see a picture like you said of like the hammer ship i'm like oh well i'm in yeah uh, exactly <laughs> I, I if that was right that. at the beginning i'd be like yes 100 percent. yeah yeah totally absolutely um, I think the the one I wanted to talk about um, again. I don't again not being negative or anything like that. I wanted to talk about the dwarven citadels. I'm just showing so you have now. We, oh. I just put, I knew you were going to it, so I've just just moved down. <laughs> I love it. Okay, I I know what you're going to say. Go and you say what you say. Go and say. What I'm going to say. Well, I, again, the lore about why dwarves are in space. Like again, dwarves in space. Yeah. Uh, I, I again, great lore, and like because they they again in AD AD and D. Which is such a weird thing to say out loud. Um, they're not magical, or they don't—they're not as magically uh, gifted per se. Mm. So they rely on uh, forges mm. to power the, their big rocks in space. So they will hollow out an asteroid or something like that into this thing. And once all the air is used up, they'll go to another asteroid, build into that, and do the same thing. So you have yeah. these massive rocks in space. However, I do feel it—it's very telling about someone to have a massive face. <laughs> <laughs> on a rock like it feels very egotistical maybe it is that sort of thing like the king of the mountain that sort of thing but i'm like really i mean <laughs> like, yeah. they are made in america and they have um the they what's do, that mountain uh, called uh, rushmore oh, mount no. rushmore phew i'm glad you got it because i was i was gonna be really, yeah and it's like I, I, I you know, it's in so that, there is a bit of that in america but also i think it's kind of cool because it's kind of like <gasps> you hear that sort of like you know that proper <laughs> the sound from <laughs> what's his name jj abrams always does or what uh, michael oh, yeah, bay the, <laughs> coming soon <laughs> you know like and it's just this big face going coming i just think that's so like guardians of the galaxy-esque sort is. of like 
I love it. I think it's great. And um, I think if it was if it was described like that to big me, then I would totally with the, be the holding the axe again over the top. As I was mentioning, like the thing that I'm I said to that I sort of tagged Ed. Uh, Greenwood about was I thought now this is very I said architectural nerds out there will all know Robert Venturi and I said about this Las Vegas thing and this whole idea that architecture in like the 80s was, well he was a bit earlier than that he was in the sort of 60s 70s doing this sort of like look at um, uh, like uh, Las Vegas is like and America's sort of look at these buildings that look like ducks that are and then the, the basket the big basket that's actually a shop or a Stetson that's a cowboy uh, hatch store or something like making like making plant and stuff like that and there's a very there was a big architectural movement in that sort of 80s this sort of POMO response to sort of modernism and making everything be over the top pomo people might know famously from there's a building that has like a i'll put a picture up if i have time to put of there's a building which is all held up instead of by like statuesque sort of grecian gods it's by the seven dwarves have you ever seen this one no. Oh, it's amazing. Ultram is the, the architect, but he did this. It's got like it's proper, it's like all Pomo is like bright colors. It was also known the, the Memphis style as well. Mm. And, uh, but they, yeah, and he did buildings that were like held up by, instead of like by Sleepy and Dopey and stuff like that, holding up this building. It's really cool. Oh. But that's that very cool. That was very on vogue in the 80s. So I kind of right. see this as a, as maybe a slight <sighs> reaction to that. Okay, okay, you've convinced me. I mean, to be fair, it comes from somebody who thinks nautiloids look silly. Now, I will say, nautiloids make sense now. <laughs> like, yes. again, because the way they're drawn and stuff like that, yes. I'm sure, um, I don't know if you've played Boulder Gate, Baldur's Gate 3. Very the much the only the nautiloid bit. I have no time, but I played that yeah, bit. That, that is fair. I, I haven't. I only ever saw the trailer, and I just thought, yeah. when I saw the nautiloid in that trailer, I was like, oh bit rubbish <laughs> which again, How? Says, yeah it says more about me <laughs> i was like that's so cool the little like wavy arms moving and when it puffs out that's no, so cool no i, I it, it creeps me out a little bit but it oh, makes okay. sense again with all these other all these things like that like you said the hammer yeah. uh, the hammer uh, ship um like mm. uh the like and even like um oh, i was gonna say uh like uh like the dragonfly and the damselfly that yeah. they look like um yes say this one uh, ornithopters is that how you say it? From oh, is that, Dune? Is, is, oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, right. I, yeah. Again, nerds, don't ask us. We'll, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> but um, again, because they look so cool as as, yeah. as as things. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I want to find out more about those. And so, yeah, you have like the fish type ones. You have like uh, wasps and, and bees and all that yeah. sort of thing for the lizard men. Yeah. And so it's that, it's that thing where it's like, not only are you thinking about, well, what flies, but also what is in the ocean and moves through different types of like yeah it's like what moves through um other fluids let's say or yeah exactly yeah but then on top of that um then you have stuff like classic ships so obviously it talks about oh there's a galleon or yeah or uh, or stuff like that but then it's a great line saying like these ships don't really survive too long in space (laughs) they get up there and they go oh no we're not we are not prepared Prepared. yeah exactly Uh, the one i liked again i think we're big gnome fans i like the gnomish side wheeler and it made me think of (sighs) it was very warhammer and there was and they and there's mentions of warhammer 40k in this by the way Mm, which is the zenos the zenos or some of that and i was like i I know what you're referencing i got you you know that 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 uh that gif that i got you Mm. something but um yeah, that no side wheel made me just think of or a bit like an orc ship. It's a bit more of like less put together, but it felt a bit like um, they used to have Battlefield Gothic, which is the the mm. ship game. 
that was in the, the late 90s and noughties I was into has that sort of feel but also just I like the idea that they, they keep saying that instead of like fixing something they don't just fix it they then add to it and make it more they like they have to they yes. can't just fix it they have to like completely tinker with it until it's like got this attachment onto it and then they keep attaching this bit onto it and then they keep attaching this bit onto it until it just becomes these humongous thing yeah. of just ever expanding like, a more complicated what is going on? yeah structures yeah i think i think yeah cuz it, it, it's based on a certain type of gnome i think it's from the crin Yes. Uh, uh, campa- uh, campaign setting where again and very yes. dark sun I believe as well that mm. idea is like ah it's dangerous I love it and yeah. I think at the beginning I was like mm, like the, the, there was an stat which was saying like uh, whenever a, a side wheeler or any sort of gnomish uh, ship design uh, tries to land there's a 50% chance it will crash and in my head I was like oh but Surely, if they're tinkers and stuff, they'll, it's, it should be better than that. Yeah. But then reading it through, reading about the lore, I was like, no, it makes sense because all they're caring about is like, oh, we want it bigger, bigger, yeah. bolder, bolder, yeah. explosives. Of yes, course, it's exactly. going to be like, yeah. it's gonna, it's not going to work. Or they're more the chaotic than the gnomes that we we've sort of been brought up in the later editions yeah. of AD and D, AD and D, and D. Sorry, I've got stuck yeah. into it now. That where it, they're more just like specialized and craftsmanship and all that sort of stuff. But like, yeah, yeah it's um. It's uh, but I do like the idea of them. It feels very um, Borderlands in an extent. You know, like if you're into like your tiny Tinas and all uh, that yeah. sort of thing, and you're just like you're just sort of like ah yes yes great great attach it yes. you know. And I love like the way it talks about gnomes is like their stuff is garish and awful to the eye and stuff like that. And like you said, like they, they pick stuff from other sort of uh, cultures and stuff, mm. and, and it's like an insult to this culture. It's like how dare you? Like I'm sure they had something about the dwarves, and they're like, yes, it is better. We've made it better. Yes! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. I just love that. But the other thing it made me think of as well was that they were a bit like the Lego Movie, where they're moving along and like constantly building bricks. Whilst you know when they oh, when they change goodness. the they ship, are master when, they're, builders. when they're flying yes. along and they're like building the ship along, whilst they need to change it into like big wings to move around, and then they kind of like change a little bit, and then it's like got like a rocket frontage to it and they just you know all that sort of stuff yeah. i loved i really love that I, that's what I that is fair i think yeah i guess out of all the drawings and stuff i do think the side wheeler isn't as bonkers as it could be i agree but yeah. i think it, but then at the same time how can you encapsulate something that is that bonkers it's going to crash like it i mean it, they've done a good uh jim's done a good job i, I would yes. I, like it looks great but i'm just like oh i'm expecting bits floating off yeah it needed a bit like more that. of that Warhammer orcish look to it, which is just like plastered on and bits stuck together and sort of falling apart than than what they've got. But yeah, they, they, again, as you said, done a good good enough job. Yeah. I, I, I again, I think the writing does it so much justice in this, and like because yeah. I, I know it's building up on Crin and Darkson and all that sort of thing. But I was just like instantly, I was like, ooh, I want to have gnomes in this game. I like Menoi, that was the thing. That's to me. it. Menoi is the name. I've just seen it there. Menoi gnomes. Menoi gnomes. Fantastic. Uh, what else was I going to say? There's something else I was going to say. Oh, well, shall we talk about beholders yes. and beholderships? Yes, uh, yes. Let's talk about so, beholderships. Here so we are. again, from that forward as well, as you may see, there's like loads of different types of ship and yeah. they're all different designs and stuff. And I love the little story that was included, like, oh, Jim did some designs and was very surprised when everyone said yes to all of them. <laughs> yes. And... I love this because it talks about the beholders again, very Dalek in a way. This very Doctor Who sort of thing, where they strive for perfection, but even in themselves, so that when they come across another beholder fleet, they're like, "Oh, they're not us." Oh, yeah. You know, so you can have different like beholders on the battlefield or on the thing, and you know, whilst you can deal with one, doesn't mean you're going to have the same reception with another because you've dealt with them. And I like that this whole sort of 
almost like political sort of thing mm. between themselves that you could get wrapped up in. And yeah, the, the different shapes of these ships and the different ways they look, I think that's great. Because again, going back to what I was saying sort of a little bit at the beginning, there was a side, there was a, there was a section where it talks about like, what do you do if um, your players already know every single monster in the monster manual? Uh, which is yes. a common a common theme and it just says just describe it differently or just describe things you know it doesn't yeah. matter as long as you don't use its name and I, that, that's, this advice was like from you know 30 years ago and yeah. I'm like I'm doing that now yeah, <laughs> I'm exactly. going oh just just don't name it just describe it as differently as you can so and I think that's what you would do with these different beholder ships and stuff mm. like you might not be able to tell it's a beholder ship from the off but like as soon as you get close you're like whoa horrible yes horrible. and the the law with that as well that they're now you know they live in hives it's more hive like there's a there's a there's, yeah. a, there's like a sort of queen uh system sort of like very much mm -hmm. like bees um yeah which is kind of kind of i just thought it was kind of they kind of cool ideas that they have with them and that they like they can be friendly they can be aggressors and yeah, and the ships, as I said, they're sort of very much like, remind me a little bit like those Matrix sort of like the sort of like, oh, uh, yeah. things that flew along. Sentinels, and then yeah. Sentinels, that was it, yeah. Mm. Uh, a little bit yeah. like that. And obviously like eye sockets, obviously, because classic, you know, <laughs> they're boulders. <laughs> yeah. What? But, and again, the way they move, the way they spell jam, I don't know if that's the word for it, but yeah. they have... The, obviously they have the hive queen or the the, the person in charge because again there's a whole section saying uh beholders are gentlest so the queen is not a good thing you're like okay whatever we'll call it a queen because it makes sense yeah. but they have i'm going to say this wrong now is it uh orbus uh the little uh beholders around and they sort of these milky white almost mage like sort of um beholders small almost i guess specters in a way yeah. just linking up together and those are the ones that push through Shit. And oh, so you take those out instead of like taking out the main, main spell. Hole, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. So just, I, again, again, I would hate to be like <laughs> you see this this ship coming. Go okay. Don't worry. Just take out this the don't you know don't do anything till you see the whites of their orbuses. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's 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 Whoa. yeah. It's uh, graphical, as they would say. It's very graphical. Yeah. And it can and I and I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong on this, Hamilton. But it can use. Like they're sort of raised as a just ship. Just look at that. Yeah, you can do the Ooh. charm, person, monster, sleep, telekinesis, flesh to stone, and disintegrate. Because why not? <laughs> disintegrate, disintegrate. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very, very cool. These are three. Um, yeah, there's three general types of beholders bred to the task of space. This is a common beholder, uh, and then there's the uh, what was the 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 orbi that was it one to six orbi surround the central queen as you said yeah which is genderless so the leader and then these uh yeah they do the spell jam at the channel energy of one beholders into the motive force and the orbis can do this as long as one con beholder is in the circuit but needs uh the, the but they don't provide the direction of movement they just provide the spell power so it's the yeah. leader queen that does the does the actual the directional movie. yeah control yeah that makes yeah. sense. And, and of course, uh, we sort of mentioned them briefly, but obviously Mind Flayers, Illithid are a massive part of Spelljammer mm. as well. Yeah. You get the whole sort of lore and stuff. And they're, the way they sort of use their helms as well, they've got like series helms and pool helms where essentially, you know, they, they're all, there's again a couple of them moving the uh the the ships along but like this idea of a pool helm was to put like elder brains in and stuff like that so it's it's just oh it sounds creepy and scary <laughs> like this this if you've ever seen i can't remember which uh, book it is i think it is Vela's guide to monsters this idea of like here's a here's what mind flayers are and here's um 
I think it's actually Mortal Kindness, never mind. But um but and here's an example of a lair. And you're like, yeah, now this lair is now moving towards you at great speed. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean they are freaky, <laughs> to put it none and like their whole the whole like um the whole like uh they put themselves near uh settlements and it's like do they are they there just to you know they get are they there just to be friendly to do the to sort of make some trade or are they there just to eat brains <laughs> like that was the sort of uh Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah, uh, yeah they, but they are um yeah them and beholders get like a complete a slightly different sort of take on them as well like which is quite mm. nice that they've give big and elves as well and all the other some of the races do get like a a different um twist to them i guess to be spacefaring like the elves are mm. trying to create this global elvish uh, empire which reminded me mm. very much of like vulcans a little bit but that's probably me being too obvious about it but that sort of that sort of romulus Rom, romulans mm. vulcan sort of thing and they went through a bit of a dodgy time in this with their whole unhuman mm. war, which was kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I with didn't the orcs. Get, yeah, yeah, with the orcs and stuff, which is kind of, I didn't get too deep into reading it because it kind of just like brushes over this idea, but there is. Um, yeah. I kind of, yeah, I kind of hope so again, just, just for the podcast. Yeah, this idea that the orcs did have a huge space n uh, nation, as it were, and then this war happened and now there's only clusters of them left and yeah. that kind of is a shame i guess again i know yeah. previous editions of D, D obviously talk about orcs being evil less so now and i'm hoping i think that's one my one hope for the for when it is released as fifth edition that orcs do get a big like reboot mm -hmm. and they do have a home planet again yes. or they have you know have because it'd be nice to have that like to have yeah. and you know all the all the classical races i know finger things there but like um you know it'd be nice to have like actually here's a here's a different kind of culture here's a different thing because obviously yeah again it is ships in space yeah so it's like well of course you're gonna have a ghost ship yeah there's ghost ships which ship. great yeah i love that As, and they have our own little bit of lore or how how a ghost ship works and mm. where you'd find them and i was like again really cool encounter that you could just very sea of thieves i guess as well that yeah. idea is like what's what's that music oh my god <laughs> <laughs> shit uh what about you was there any of the like, races that you were like oh these are really cool these are really interesting um, i think just I, I i like the i like the arcane i thought they were interesting just an interesting little like thing that felt like okay there's a little there's a little starter for you here they're sort of this humanoid um uh race i'll try and find a picture of them if i can mm -hmm. uh just a in a minute but they mm -hmm. they've got these sort of elongated fingers and they are sort of humanoid but they're the the mysterious sort of trades oh, the, people of, oh the arcane yeah the arcane yeah the blue people, the blue people. <laughs> yes exactly they feel like a more uh, sophisticated mr meeseeks i always think like <laughs> like we're gonna bring all these magic items to you yeah. uh, <laughs> exactly i think they um what's the one that they there you go there's the image the uh what's the oh what's the what is the uh can't think of it now i can't think of it it's gone there's there's it's gone it's gone but anyway there's a picture there of them and they sort of yeah they they're sort of the secretive um uh race that are the only people that deal with the neogi as well they've got like mm -hmm. some sort of deal with them the neogi we talked about in our minx and boo as these spider-like creatures that uh base with furry backs that basically want to imprison everyone and eat them yep. and they have a very and then they 
bite each other to make these sort of like oh, when they try and make a baby one it's like the, the oh, yeah. lore is awful yeah it's really like <laughs> creepy spider stuff which is like no thank you <laughs> yeah if yeah if you're not i will say if you're not into your spiders ignore anything about the nigoni because like yeah, yeah it, they are furry spiders they're that yeah they are plainer creatures in a way that they go and get magic items but they will as we saw with uh, the Minsk and Boo, that idea that they'll, they'll wager up going, actually, you'll make a good slave uh, <laughs> and then try and capture you in the ship. And yeah, and so the, in, obviously in Spelljammer, they have, we've seen it before, these these death spiders and mind spiders. That, again, beautifully ships. I, I guess it's just the way the little arm, the arms are sort of yeah. created. They're not like bolted on. They're not like a mechanical, maybe steampunk guess yeah. per se. It's just like beautifully crafted, almost like a brooch. Yes, I was thinking, or like, so, like a hairpin. Yeah. Mm. Um, beautiful, but also, I, I, if I saw that coming across the the map towards me, I'd be like, we need to go. Like, yeah. round, boop, black alert, black alert. Let's let's mm. get out of here. <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I I, I yeah. really like that. I think yeah. The 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 other thing with the arcane was that they they showed this next image, which is they're like holding like a, a hat, like a, wearing like a secretive sort of cloak, which made me just think of um the oh. Tiny people uh, from um, Star Wars. What are they called? Oh, the, the sand. Oh, the, the, the little scavengers the that little have scavengers the big ship. They called. Oh, don't. Again, our, our geek cards have been revoked oh, long my, ago. My point. brain just doesn't can't compute all this stuff at the same time. But there's a picture of of, of this sort of like cloaked figure, and then they've got the spell jammer in the background and a galleon ship. And you just kind of think this sort of like secretive, like I can do some deals. Like you know, here's like a. Do you need a? What? I can get you a damselfly for under five hundred. You know, what are you like buying? Yeah, exactly. What are you selling? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking fun. of, yeah. you just sort of mentioned Spelljammer as sort of the background. Yeah. Let's talk about the, the Spelljammer. Spelljammer. Yes. The Spelljammer. DM. The Spelljammer. So, um, again, very little, I guess, compared to the other ships and stuff. Where I guess they're more common, perhaps, or anything like that. But the actual sort of Spelljammer itself, the yeah. original ship. There's very little on it, and I know it gets expanded out into into in the further campaigns and in the novels and stuff. But from what I understand, is that it is a proper living ship, it's sort of a cross between a manta ray and a scorpion, with a city or a little fortress built on it, mm. which is a really really cool. And again, you get a map of it in mm. uh, the Just box as well. Got it up um, here now. Yep. Nice, nice. There it is. Um, I think with the what I what I find really interesting, and the first time I read this through. It made it sound like the Spelljammer, nobody knows anything of it. Mm. It comes and goes. Um, people have tried to capture it, and other people have captured it, but uh, but it's never, you know, it's 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 just a thing. It's a mythical thing. So in my head, I was like, well, why have you included a map of it? Because <laughs> it's such a, a mystical yeah. thing. It's like no one's ever, ever controlled it. But as soon as you give a map of it, I'm like, well, now the players are going to go and try and get it or go and search for it or something like that. And I just felt... To me, it feels very magical, almost like a you know, it's a, a mythical mm. creature that you rarely see, like a you know, like Ash in Pokemon sees a uh, Ho-Oh at the beginning, and you never get, you never hear anything about it until maybe several seasons in, you know. But, but I think it's that, isn't I, it? It's like when you get yeah. to level twenty, you got to meet the spell jammer by then, haven't you? It's like dungeons, yeah. it's like Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> We've talked about this. It takes a bloody long time to meet that <laughs> freaking dragon. So it's like in spell jammer, you should be able to meet the spell jammer right I you're, guess. and you're and yeah you're completely right in this when i read it through again and then read a few other articles about it it's how it expands out a lot of it i think it's yeah. just interesting that this was obviously the starting point for me yes. so it's a jumping off point and then it goes into things so it is a living ship it's where all other spell jammers have come from so once it has chosen a captain uh, it will birth 
uh, all these other spell jammers, known as small jammers, which I think is like, so cute. Um, and they'll go out and obviously become, uh, you know, go out into the world. And then once uh, one of them is chosen to be the next spell jammer, so it's not just one. And then it has this thing um, again. I can't. I don't remember where I where I read this. So apologies in advance. Where it attracts people to come and live on it. Essentially, like when you land, it's like you want to stay here, a bit like any of those planes of existence. Mm. Uh, so if you're going to capture it, that's like one thing. But as soon as you're there, you're like, well, I never want to leave. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was really cool. And it's got, you know, various attacks. Like one of its attacks is using the people that have settled on it to attack you. Um, mm. It has a tail and it has maneuverability and it just has all this stuff to it. It's a, like it's an incredible. Yeah. Out of all of them, it is it is a living ship. I know we talked about the elves yeah. uh, types of ship, but they're sort of like wooden trees and stuff. This feels like you know an yeah. actual. Yeah, they the oh, other ones right. have that sort of yeah exactly. The other ones have a um, look. Uh, I've got a bio um, uh, a bionic like a bio, I can't remember the biophilic. It's not the word, is it? But it's that sort of like they look mm. uh, bio. Uh, they look like biology. <laughs> they look like yes. living things, but they're actually just wood and carved and made into these things. You know, they're not actually the the, the spider. Their spider isn't a spider body. It's just given no. that sort of shape and the mm -hmm. hammer. The hammer ship is the same. It's just it's a wooden hull, but it's been shaped like a hammerhead. Exactly. But this yeah. is actually a humongous manta ray ship, basically that is living. Yeah, and I know later on there, there's stuff like uh, again, forgive me, I can't remember the actual terminology for it, but it's like a dolphin ship or a whale ship. Mm. Uh, I think it's a whale ship where it's like it's it is a whale, mm. but it has two parts of it on and stuff like that. So there are I know or uh, imitations or limit, but I think this because mm. this is so big, and as you said, like it feels like something that you get you go and explore when you're level twenty or in the high levels because it has saves equal to a level twenty wizard. Uh, as a, as a, it's like magic doesn't really work against it or anything like that. It is, it's his own thing, and it's so big and massive. Just like you thinking about before about the the crystal shells and stuff like that. It is sort of one of those things where you you see it and you can't really comprehend what it is other than a living creature. Again, I I, yeah. I see myself if it, if it ever came to it, like, oh, we're gonna have to do a free willy thing where it does get captured and it's gonna go spell jammer, <laughs> smack in the face. <laughs> so you go. I love that. That is great. Mm -hmm. I'm so up for that. Um, the do we need to talk about uh, the sort of fundamentals of how gravity works and the air works, or do we not? Is that just that's just stuff that you can read? Hey, we, we've we've talked about it a little bit, and I think yeah. it is it is it is again that good ideas mm. uh, for me uh, like a little bit technical. But once you work it out, like, same thing with you were saying before about this maneuverability and stuff like that. I think once you've had a go at it yourself and worked it out, it mm. actually gets a lot easier as well. Yeah. I think. It's, it's always that thing where I've said before that when you're reading a board game, you're like, oh, I don't understand it. But if you start playing it through, yes. you get the hand of it, but you just need that patience for it. Yeah. But yeah, like like the air, the gravity, the time, the temperature. The speed that uh, you all move those. through things. Like you, when you start moving, you get up to a speed and then you move at basically the speed of light to get between these speeds. Even though it's like big distances, it doesn't take a lot for you to ramp up to speed. Then you stay around at this like high speed and then you move along. Yeah. And then when you encounter things, because each thing has a gravity, it's like... I think uh, I think that's how George Fan put it actually themselves was it's like encounters in um, in like Final Fantasy Seven uh, you know when you're in the world map that when you get yes. close to something it goes duh, 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 and then you slow down because you've got gravity to one another and then you sort of like battle it out and then you just speed off again when you get away from things and, and the same with like or No Man's Sky is a good example isn't it it's that sort of No yes. Man's Sky you kind of use your butt you use the sort of booster and then when you get close to a planet it slows down 
and then you kind of mm-hmm. and you change these sort of speeds so it kind of it's mm-hmm. quite cool yeah, yeah very cool i i think the only last thing i was going to say mm. uh, back into the first book the arcane yeah. space it talks about planetary displays yeah. and this idea that you can you can draw out uh the different planets and actually make your own sort of solar systems and stuff like that so if oh, you were yeah. going and i thought that was really cool because it does say like at the beginning it's just like you you may want to just base it on what we know but if you but actually before you go into space do consider like making you know, a, just a couple in this this wild space of your homebrew world. And I thought that was mm. quite, and again, a little bit too in depth for me. As I'm sure at some yeah. point, if we go for it and just create our own uh, display map or anything like, that, I, I mean, it would look yeah. very very cool. It's yeah. a little bit technical for my liking, but I like that idea that, like, and as soon as you say the word star charts, I'm like, ooh, that's exciting. Yeah. Even though I have no idea how to read it, how to create it, or, or where I'd put it, but I'm yeah. like, ooh. So I think I, I I love that idea that it's not just creating like here's a solar system. It's like how do you look at it on a map and creating yeah. that map and that sort of handout because yes. again your players would want to know that sort of thing like as soon as they land on a the planet they're like well we need to find out where are the other planets and, and drawing yeah. that stuff out because you always have maps of your your regions and stuff on, yeah. a, on a fantasy setting why not why not space the ones that <laughs> I think are quite good and uh, that did them I'm going to go back to Warhammer because I've read a few Warhammer books like all the Abnet books so the Ravana and Eisenhorns which are really good if you haven't read any of them but um, they have uh, a star map in it and it's actually really well put together because it's like you know you think of it as a three dimensional thing but they, they, they do it very well in a two dimensional way giving it some sort of texture and movement um, and space mm-hmm. uh, that has like the warp rifts and all these things that are very Warhammery. but I think like if you want some inspiration that's a good that's a good place to look for some sort of like star map representations on top of i'm sure there's millions of others out there that are great but if you're looking for ones that aren't just our solar system (laughs) there's there's that yeah yeah i think and and yet i think the only other thing i was going to mention because it talks about i I know i've mentioned this before so maybe maybe we'll cut this i don't know but um like I said, sometimes you're like, well, I don't know what to do. And I, I know I've gone on about it, this idea that they coexist, they don't outweigh or they don't overwhelm mm. each other, the systems. So, for example, if you do have, we haven't mentioned them so far, the GIF. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, no. Um, they, they, their, their race is all about gunpowder, black powder, that sort of thing. But if you're like, oh, I don't want because people get obsessed with muskets and guns and I, I've had this before in the yeah. podcast so I won't go too much into it but if you're just like I don't want that you could do what they I believe it's a, oh is it I must be Greyhawk I'm going to get this wrong where you could just say it doesn't work in this planet Yeah. so you could have all this stuff and it's just like it doesn't work until you take it off planet or you do yeah. something else and I think I, I love that you could just be like certain things don't work here so mm. these things don't work here so you have to rely on stuff like I've been in games where your magic doesn't work and you have to roll under under the spell level so if you're Oh, no, roll over so if you were casting a level one spell you have to get you know over 10 and over but yes. if you're rolling five well that's uh, like in level, you know Macanus, you you always roll average for example like yeah. there's there's it's a it's a it's a theme that's been put into the raw if let's say that sort of idea yeah. like uh the there is there is there are things in this is space like come on you can it's magic you can do what you like but like and that's it it's magic yeah. it's not physics or anything like that right. it's it's magic so it's in certain crystal spheres and certain wild spaces mm. magic rules are slightly different yeah. and you just have to accommodate for that and i think that's that's great as you can use that as a justification of the dm because obviously let's face it as soon as you find a gun and dd you're like great i've got a gun i'm much better and then than you realize how crap here. they are when you like yeah, exactly. the thing that guns the things that my like so in my water deep dragon heist campaign that we had we were trying to they were trying to sneaky 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 one person was a gunslinger so it was just like i then attack with my gun 
Okay, so everyone hears that because it's a gun. Like, it's not like stab. We've got silences. You know, like, like you know, cut yeah. the throat and that's it. It's just like there's a big explosion. So what yeah. do you? What, so it was just never. They could never sneak anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. I it love was. That. <laughs> Which made it quite fun. It's like, well, now you've got a hundred guards to deal with. Like, you know, how yeah, do you get through good this? Good job. Yeah, good, good job. job. Yeah. Um, so. and the, and the final thing I was going to sort of. Uh, talk about was the rock of brawl oh yeah so we've sort of talked about um the uh this idea that you know again it feels very much like well what if you need to have a deep space nine moment and stop somewhere <laughs> or um you know that's the thing and this gives a great example it's very again i'm going to compare it to the minsk and boo and yeah. explorer's guide to wild mountain sword coast adventures where it's just basically here is here is a place here is stuff you should yeah. know about it and stuff. Uh, it doesn't have it doesn't have the breakdown of like oh it has this many people on it or anything like that because obviously mm. it's just written as a story and it has a great little bit of lore has great little bits and pieces and the sort of cross section of it as well that's sort of shown in one of the books is really interesting. So I think if you were looking for a place where it's like well we, we want a spaceport of some sort where there's going to be some smuggling there's going to be yeah. some medieval politics. Uh, there's going to be some history of, of piracy and bandits and and a festival ground. Where else would you go but the Rock of Brow? Yeah. Which I again I love that as a as a thing. It, it, I guess because I think for me, it's a good starting point if you're like I don't know where to take my players. Yes. Instead of just hopping from planet to planet to planet, maybe they want to go and actually integrate with people who are like, hey, we should team up as yeah. a and go on a get. Where where would you get your missions in space? Mm. You know what I mean? Like this this is their fantasy version of a tavern per se. Yeah. Like, here is the rock of brawl. You're going to be sent on on runs and stuff like that. So yeah, I, yeah, I really like. I that like the as Deep a... Space Nine reference. That's actually quite a good. That is a very good. Is that sort of space station-y feel? So much fun. Yeah, I mean, and you could just make your own again. Like you could just make yeah. your own one. Um, yeah, I think that's there's a, a really there's a, a there's a really cool. Um, uh, uh, what's the other? There's a few of them, but I was thinking uh, in High Rollers. They they go into space in the later high rollers ones, and then they make mm-hmm. that they go to, they make the worlds. Uh, well, what sort of who makes them basically are off the planes. He sort of bases them off the yep. planes, and they're named after Elysium. And when they go to Elysium, they have the, the sort of like spaceport, and they meet. They try and get themselves off the ship, and there's a great sort of, and you could just do that, you know, or whatever mm-hmm. you want, but make it just a spaceport. But this is like another like here's a map, here's something that's got some lore, which yep. is what we want. It's always like. We were talking about this in the other editions it's, uh, stuff, in this more 5e stuff. It's like, give us an example, because it's always mm-hmm. there as a backup, because there's, we might not have time to make our own one, but in the same get, in the, it's not saying you can't just make your own one up as well. But, no, absolutely so. not. And I, yeah, I, I really like this one. Uh, I think, I think cause I, I guess my stuff with Minsk and Boo and stuff like that, there was a lot of like, here's some examples, but there wasn't a lot of lore. Mm. Here you're like, you have a whole backstory and then not many examples so it needs to be a happy medium yes. for myself just to have that little bit more signposting yeah. again because i came to it in fifth, fifth edition and that's yeah. how i find the reading yes. of it but i was like the whole history about how it was handed down and this idea yeah. of piracy and yeah. the successor was there for a week and then it was found dead uh, floating in space and they've not solved the murder yeah. and i'm like oh that's yeah. exciting yeah, exactly no yeah. it's really good uh, <laughs> and the other thing that's brought me on and it's a bit changing a little bit but like the adventure it. hook things that they talk about in the book are yes. very good like the way to start how do you get yourself into space and they have a whole section that dedicates you to um 
uh, to like they give you the anchor drops from the sky is one of them, which is my favorite one, which is like this anchor drop. So you've just defeated the, the you've beaten the the world boss. You know, you've done you've saved Waterdeep or something like that. And this anchor drops down and, hey, we need you to come to space and save the universe. You know, that's that's like that's great. And the first adventure yeah. I mentioned it, which was called um, Wild Space, which is called Wild Space, uh, is a, which is a really good big spoiler warning but i won't know if i should give away the spoiler but there is a big spoiler that the that you get picked it's been, up it's been 30 years and it's we been 30 we... years <laughs> so basically the idea is this this uh this captain comes up called a uh, john uh, tobart and asks you to come and help him get the ravager which is this like horrible uh you know eats everything sort of like um mega uh weapon Come, seems that he's trying to like says he's stopping it but actually it turns out they're a beholder in disguise <laughs> and they're using you to come and help them so they can come back and destroy your planet uh, which is a great twist but what a good like it's but it's yeah. a great story it, and it has that whole it, brings you up into space and gets you there it's very, yeah it gets you into, into it it's Doctor Who it's Star Trek yes. it's like all, all those things where you're like wait it was a baddie all along yeah yes yes we all <laughs> All people except me saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure, like, again, if anything, we could sort of rounding this sort of episode to a close, I think I'm excited for next year. I'm really yeah. excited to see what is going to happen because from this, this, these two books, essentially, and all the miniatures and all that sort mm. of thing, I'm actually going, there's so much we can do with this. Yeah. And it, like I said, I was, I've always been, I was a bit, I will say it, I was a bit snooty about it. I was like, no, but it's just sci-fi and it's not it's so and, not. yeah and i i'm actually very excited because it's it's not relying on pew pew laser guns right. uh it's not relying on um i know lasers don't shoot don't make noises by the way before people put that in the chat like <laughs> oh, I don't well actually <laughs> uh, actually um but i just Sorry. i think for me it was just such a different way of looking at it so that's mm. why I, now in my head i'm like it's D in space yeah. rather than science fiction so that, that yeah. I'm, I'm having to unlearn that but as well. all so that I'm that comes with as well which is like it's not knights and paladins in space it's it, which it of course it is but it's actually like taking it to that other level by adding in another whole layer of of awesome yes. co conceptualization really and creativity that makes it the only like oh, I just I'm actually in awe of all the people that come up with these all these ideas because they just put yes. like this planescape puts a hot like the whole sigil thing and all the way that's added this whole layer onto it they've done the same with Spelljammer or they did the same yeah. before even with Spelljammer and um, yeah it's it, it you, I just want to go adventuring in space now because yeah. it's so cool <laughs> I guess I, I hope with the release of the new campaign like they did with Eberron mm. that there is some sort of like little starter adventure or little one shots. Yeah. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure. I'm sure they will do that. But I just. I would love to see what that's like and see. But if not, like, would what, it be? Yeah. If not, they've got these great adventures already. So once like, they've converted it to five E, I, I do. I mean, you kind of think, come on, guys, you could just do one of them. Can <laughs> you could well, do? I, do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, just yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, people have been crying out for ages about yes. it, and like now, I now understand, guys. Okay, yes. I'm late to the party. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So you you can stop shouting at me now. <laughs> converted. <laughs> officially. I know. Converted. converted. <laughs> officially. Officially. Fifth edition. Converted. Um, <laughs> Hamilton, thank you so much for joining me on uh, oh. my discovery of Spelljammer. I appreciate Pleasure. it and. Yeah, as soon as you showed me one of the pictures, I was like, oh, oh, well, now we have to look at this now. Yes. I, I, I threw it off. So. But 
what is happening with Dragon's Jewel? What's going on at the Roleplay Factory? Hmm. What's going What's on? What's going on? What is going on? Well, uh, on Saturday, so this is more live than we've ever been because we're recording on a Tuesday for a Thursday. So like Ooh, in the same it's, week. It's hot. Oh. Which makes it nerve wracking for editing purposes. Yeah. So therefore, if there is bad editing, it's don't blame don't blame the editor because it's my fault no. for edit, for no. date for organisation skills. But, it's both of our faults for being scheduled, <laughs> being very busy people. So, but yeah. with that, we have got um, uh, we've got episode two of our game show happening on Saturday night, which is at night. So everything that's going to be Dragon's Jewel now is Saturdays at nine pm UK time, four pm. Eastern time, which is the same as when this is on on a Thursday. So if you just tune in the same time just, every just day, two out of those seven open. days, you'll find <laughs> just, us. <laughs> just come on at nine o'clock, just check the roleplay factory, see what's there, and you'll probably find something two out of seven yeah. days. But on those Saturdays, yeah, we're doing the second of our game shows, creating we've got uh Nicola, we've got Chelsea, we've got uh Chloe and Chris. There's a lot of CHs when and I love um alphabetizing everyone. So I'm like, <laughs> there's ch. Ch -ch oh no, this ch how's it cooked? Say HR. I'm having to really do my nice my ABCs to understand this one. <laughs> but it's going to be fun. Um, we're going to yeah. be playing some good games. We're going to be playing uh, one of my favourites, which is Confusion, which is where, which Ooh. I don't think you played. You played Mind Flayer no. Athletics, which is very on point. I, 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 yeah, I was very bad at that. <laughs> Just, game, yeah. We did that last mm -hmm. week, so I try and change them up. So Confusion is where you play basically the game, drinking game 21s. You ever played that game? <gasps> Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's been and you a have while, to do that. Yes. But yeah, so when you make a mistake, you can like you have to add a new rule to the game, and it just gets completely oh, confusing. No. So I'm I'm looking forward to putting that on everyone. And uh, a flashbacks to uni days. I yes, exactly. Like, yes, but so we fortunately don't add the alcohol to it. But I mean, people can if they so wish. Ooh. If you so wish to drink at home to our games, hey, I don't. Along. I take no responsibility for <laughs> any damage that you take. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's what we're doing. And then we'll have a Christmas special, hopefully. Hopefully the week after. We are hoping. If not, it might have to be pushed until the week after and we're just going to do some backstory stuff. But uh, that is just dependent on timescales because actually it's all very tight at the moment. Because as you might know, it's Christmas and therefore everyone's busy. Everyone's busy. Everyone has suddenly yeah. important duties like family yes. and work and holidays. Bastards. <laughs> Bastards. No, absolutely, totally yeah. understand. It's, it's, it is unfortunately the way of the world. As soon as December hits, you're like, well, this is, no one's going to respond to my emails for at least two months. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what about you, Fiona? What about you? Yeah. Yeah. Me? Wow. Um, well, when I'm not finding out about Spelljammer for the first time, um, I obviously run What Am I Rolling, which is a twice-monthly RPG one-shot podcast. As always, it's going very, very well. We're going to have Numenera coming out at some point. Ooh. I have just only learned how to say that because yeah. I was struggling for ages. It's brilliant system. Did you get really the bundle on Humble Bundle? I did get the bundle on Humble Bundle. Is that because I told you it was on Humble Bundle? Yes, you yeah. did. <laughs> I get a win. I win. You got a win. <laughs> uh, so that's coming out. I'm going to do some solo stuff because um, currently I'm stuck in a cupboard, so I'm going to have to do that to keep <laughs> to pass the time. To keep myself um, sane. Keep <laughs> myself sane. Well, I'm sure I'll be promoting loads at uh, when it gets closer to January, though. I'm part of a sci-fi improv uh, show that's coming out yes sci-fi uh where it's um it's going to be in person but also streamed online and also in vr and it's very much like if you've ever watched galaxy quest or uh any of those sort of like a uh, red dwarf is a yeah. good example it's just people like 
on a on a ship which essentially the earth has been sucked into a black hole and they're flying away from it but they're flying at the same speed that they are being sucked back into it so they're currently stuck uh and it's about what happens and uh, you know you can that. interact it's it's oh, it's so much fun. You have an alien called Biscuit. You have <laughs> Doctor Fleischman, who's a bit like uh, Doctor Venkman. Yeah. Uh, you have basically Arnold Rimmer as the as the captain. Uh, it's all fantastic work, and I'm just playing a very tiny role of just being in the chat. So probably what I'm doing right now, just like and responding to requests <laughs> and stuff like that as a big uh, ship AI. Oh, um, cool. And that will be happening in January. There'll be lots of show dates. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be spamming people about that. What's it going to uh, be on YouTube? Where? Twitch? where uh, it's gonna be on YouTube. It's gonna be on YouTube. Oh, because it's uh, VR, currently. I guess. So yeah, you need to. Yeah, Can I watch that have... on a PlayStation VR? Oh, I do not know. I will find out. If you could, because that's the only VR headset I own. Well, you own one more than I do. Well, it's the only one I own. <laughs> I I've, I've used it not a lot since the first year I got it. I was like, yeah, VR, and then it's now in a cupboard. Yeah. <laughs> it's but in what? that box there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's along with all the musical instruments. <laughs> yeah. You could, you could, you could do the drums and the VR. Anyway, um, what I lo do love about it, though, so obviously if you're in the audience, you are part of the sleepers, so that means you are, you know, you are passengers on the ship and you can interact with it there. Uh, if you are in VR, you're another crew member. So you could be just in the background waving whilst they're doing their so scenes. So doing yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then if you're in the chat with me, uh, you are from Mission Control, and you're sending requests to the to the characters, which I then pass on to people, but also kick people out if they're being rowdy. So yes, you it's always a way to, in, uh, to sort of try it. We don't know if it's going to work. It's sounds I awesome. Today. It sounds absolutely it's awesome. It's so much fun. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those things where I'm just like, I hope it look, I hope it looks good, and is like. You know, it's that sort of thing where like, it just needs tweaking. I think we're at that stage, so I'm very excited for when that's out, and the, the artwork looks great for it as well. Exciting. So that's what that's what I'll be doing in January. So yes. Awesome. Hey, that's really cool. Okay. Uh, is is that everything then? Is that everything? I, th I think that's everything. Oh, oh no, no, I forgot. <laughs> third space gaming. Oh yeah, third space gaming. Yes. Third space gaming. I always forget Burnley. this. I'm so sorry. Um, Burnley. So, uh, if you want 10% off, you know, hey, I hear Christmas and the festive season is. A, if you want 10% off, it might be a bit late now. As you're thinking about it, when this goes out, if you want 10% off your first purchase at Third Space yes. Gaming, which is your friendly local game store in Burnley, just type in the offer code DMBC into checkout to get 10% off, and that could be on anything. Uh, Strixhaven has just come out. They do alt covers. I have found out, so okay. you can go get one of them. Hey, we talked about Warhammer. Maybe. In the future, when the, the Spelljammer comes out and, uh, and Hamilton's predictions of uh, minis come yes. out, you can get them there probably. I made I made a promise. <laughs> you made a promise that you cannot complete, but that's fine. No, but do check them out there again. I, yeah. I think as I've discovered over the last year, like it's been so lovely to actually go into a game store and talk to somebody and be like, I'm very excited. And they're like, we're excited. You're here. So go support them. Yep. Go support your local game store. Look at the alt covers. Look at other RPGs as well. That's yeah. sort of my message for, for now. But yes, 100%. That, that is the thing for that. So yeah. With that, then there is nothing more to say than no. catch you on the flip. <laughs> catch you on the flip side. Catch you on the flip side. <laughs> 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 <laughs>